This is Brother John Metter, and I greet you in the precious name of Jesus. And I pray that all is well, and God is bestowing upon you His benefits and His blessings. You know, the the Bible teaches us that the Lord uh, bestoweth upon us His benefits daily. And I thank God for a God of mercy, a God of grace, a God of love, and a God that wants to make Himself real to His people and reveal Himself in a way that no other generation has ever known. And I truly believe we are living in that generation that God is going to reveal Himself in the greatest power, love, mercy, compassion, forgiveness, deliverance. I believe the very characteristics and nature of Christ is being revealed to this generation. So uh, I want to relate to you and with you today something that the Lord has done for me uh, just in the last few days. And I thank everyone for tuning in. And I pray you're enjoying this broadcast. Would love to hear from you. Uh, knowing you're enjoying this broadcast. And God is making Himself real in your life. But I want to read to you, and this is from the book of Acts, the 16th chapter. And this is the ninth verse. It says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after that he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Uh, I want to relate to you that this uh, vision that Paul had 43 years ago when I had only come to the Lord, been serving the Lord about four years, 43 years ago I was in Alabama and I had gone to a a meeting, uh, seemed like it was on a Sunday afternoon, I can't remember, but I'm thinking it was like in the fall of 1976. Uh, and I was attended a meeting with several hundred people, gone to hear a, a missionary or a man that was planning a mission meeting to Africa. And at that time, there was such a fire burning in my soul. Uh, I had a lot of zeal, but I didn't have a lot of knowledge. But there was a great fire uh, of the Spirit of God burning in my soul to share Jesus with everybody I met. And pretty much did back then. Didn't matter who you are or what your occupation was. But if I was around you more than about ten minutes, I was going to be talking to you about Jesus. And went to that meeting. And during that meeting, as this man was ministering, uh, and talking about the work in Africa, I uh, saw a vision, probably the first time in my relationship with God at that time. Like I said, I'd only been saved about four years and spent much of my time in prayer and study and seeking God and reaching for God to make itself real in my life. And my preaching in those days was on street corners, 
Uh, it was in jails, in prisons. It was in nursing homes. Uh, went to hospitals and prayed for people. Uh, wherever God opened the door, and I couldn't uh, seem to get many doors open in churches at that time. Of course, I was young in the Lord. Nobody knew me. And that's what everybody, uh, you know, wanted to know. If you get in touch with them and ask them about coming to preach revival, well, who are you? I don't know you. Who's uh, your daddy? Who's your family? And, of course, you know, me being young in the Lord and in a strange place and and didn't have any uh, background in the state or didn't, you know, wasn't among people I was raised with. Uh, I couldn't give any personal references because I hadn't preached that much. And But anyway, while I was there in that meeting, the Lord took me out into a vision, and uh, I was sitting there probably toward the back. Uh, the man was ministering the Word and talking about his efforts and the labors that they were putting into Africa. I couldn't tell you where. And uh, the Lord took me into an open vision. I saw a man on the platform stand up, and he was probably at least 25, 30 feet tall, and he was facing the congregation, and he stood up, just a, a, a simple-dressed man. He was very dark, dark-skinned. I took him to be a, a native of the African nations, and he a uh, simple pair of dress slacks, long sleeve shirt rolled up to about the elbows, and he raised his hands up toward heaven, and he spoke these words. He said, come over and help us. And that just so moved me in my spirit, in the spirit of the Lord, come on me in such a mighty way there in that meeting until I felt it just shake my very soul. I had never had an experience like that before in the Lord. I had never seen the working of the Spirit of God manifest itself in my life like this. This was all new to me, and I didn't know exactly what the Lord was trying to show me other than, uh, you know, people say, that's the missionary call. And I believe that. And so that was in 1976, 43 years ago. Well, Sunday morning, March the 31st, I was in prayer, getting ready to minister to our church, the New Testament church at LJ. And as I was in prayer, the word of the Lord spoke into my spirit out of Matthew, the uh, 25th chapter. And I'm going to get my Bible and I want to turn over there. And I will read, I'm sorry, the 24th chapter. It's a very familiar scripture, but I've heard it quoted a lot of times. And I don't want to misquote it. Uh, I believe the word's very important and I believe... It needs to be read or quoted like it's written. So from Matthew, the 24th chapter, and the 14th verse. And this is what the Lord spoke into my spirit Sunday morning early while I was in prayer. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. And I've expounded a lot on this broadcast about the the gospel of the kingdom. It's what Jesus preached. There is no other gospel. 
Jesus did not just preach salvation. Everybody believes and, and teaches that all Jesus come to do will save your soul. No, Jesus come to make you whole in soul, mind, and body. The word salvation stems from a Greek word, four-letter Greek word called sozo, spelled S-O-Z-O. And if you look it up and trace down the word salvation, the root of it comes from that word, and it means healing for the soul, the mind, and the body. So if all you have is forgiveness of sins, then you are living well beneath your privileges. You are living well below what the Lord and our Savior has come and paid for you to have. But He did not come just to forgive your sins. He came to make you whole, soul, mind, and body. And I've preached many times over the years in the evangelistic years, portions of the ministry, which I've done 22 years full-time, had probably well over 200 tent revivals and uh, revivals in Canada, across Canada, across the United States, uh, India, the Philippines, Central and South America, and wherever the Lord will open the door. So uh, I've preached the gospel all over the world. And everywhere I went, then there was and has been a... Uh, a certain denomination or sect or whatever you want to call it of Christianity in most all these places. That don't mean everybody's heard the name of Jesus because there are many, many, many uh, millions and millions and even to the billions of people in China and in India. And there are many of them that's never heard the name of Jesus. We've been in places that they've never heard the name of Jesus. And... uh but anyway, uh, this verse in Matthew 24 and 14 in this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. That's the key part of that scripture right there is for a witness. And like I said, I've been in many parts of India, out in the tribal areas, the rural parts, <coughs> and in many places uh, around the world. And there is a knowledge of the name of Jesus. But this gospel of the kingdom I keep talking about is not just a salvation gospel. It's not just you coming to know that Jesus will forgive your sins. It's a gospel of power and authority and demonstration that lived in the very life of Jesus Christ. He came preaching. He came demonstrating. He came revealing. When John came preaching, uh, he became preaching, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. That's what uh, John came preaching. And he came baptizing in water for repentance. But he said, There cometh one after me who is mightier than I, the latchets of his shoes. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. So you don't stop with water baptism. That is laying a foundation. That is a symbol that your sins 
have been washed away and you've been given a clean conscience before God. It is not the end of your salvation. It is the beginning. So many people, they uh, repent and get baptized and it's like their relationship with God stops right there. That is not the end of your relationship with God. That is the beginning of your relationship with God. And for this scripture in Matthew 24 and 14 to be fulfilled, there has got to be a gospel of the kingdom of God preached into all the world. Preached. There's other places that Jesus said this gospel must be preached to every creature. Every creature's got to hear this gospel of the kingdom. This gospel of the kingdom is not just salvation. If it was, that's all Jesus would have done, would come and save your soul. He would have died on the cross and went back to heaven, but he didn't. He came healing, he came delivering, he came setting man free from bondage, bondage of sin, sickness, disease, bondage of the religion, of the law, bondage that had men's minds and hearts and spirits bound up, bondage of the fear that what was going to happen to him after death, according to Hebrews the second chapter, until Jesus came, there was no eternal life. Until Jesus came, men lived in bondage. They lived in fear of what was going to happen to their souls after death. They knew the law, but you had to live the strictest order of the law in order to have any hope of going to be with the Lord. So, uh, there was no eternal life until Jesus came and, and made that way back to the Father. It's not just salvation. Jesus came in 2 Corinthians 5. Read it. Everybody wants to quote that scripture in 5.17 that all things are passed away and all things become new. We become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Just repenting of your sins and getting baptized in water does not make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. There has to be a work of the Spirit. There has to be an act of God. That is the beginning. And Paul made this statement in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, in the very first verse, and he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in much, and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That word demonstration means you're going to see action. To demonstrate means to put forth effort, to action, to reveal, to make manifest. So Paul came in demonstration. What did Paul demonstrate? The power of God that was in his life. First Corinthians 4, and I believe it's 19 or verse 20, says, For the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. We've got a gospel today that is being declared, but it's in word only. We need a gospel of power. We need the very declaring of the kingdom of God, because everywhere... That Jesus went and declared the gospel 
of the kingdom. He preached. He healed the sick. He cleansed the lepers. He raised the dead. He cast out devils. And in Matthew 10, and I think also in Luke 9 and 10, he said he called 12, called them apostles, and gave unto them power over all sickness, all disease, all devils. And in Luke uh, I believe it's 9 or 10. Um, the, both those chapters are good to read. But he said, Behold, I give you power over all power of the enemy, uh, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We do not have this gospel of the kingdom today and we've got to go back to it uh, there's got to be a restoring of it there's got to be a restoring of the structure the ministry the uh, uh, the hierarchy of the church there's got to be a body of Christ uh, set in place like there was in the book of Acts and, and uh, I may get into some more of that here in a minute but as I was telling you in the first part of this broadcast I saw that vision 43 years ago in the fall of 1976. And uh, Monday morning, the 1st of April, 2019, we were uh, back here at our home in Conyers, Georgia. And I had been studying the Word, usually try to rise early and study the Word and pray for, uh, you know, a couple of hours or so. And I was sitting there, and I don't know if I was listening to the Word or just meditating, but the Lord took me back to this vision in 1976, and it was like I was reliving what the Lord had showed me. And when I come out of that, I felt the Spirit of the Lord come on me in, in such a mighty, strange way. And the voice of the Lord spoke into my spirit, and he said, 43 years ago, I gave you this vision, and I called you into the apostleship to go into all the world and preach this gospel of the kingdom. And when the Lord spoke that to me, there was such a brokenness and such a, uh, a quaking and working of the Spirit of God that came across me and I did not realize what God had shown me because at that time in my life from the time I repented and gave my heart to the Lord I immediately <coughs> became a man of prayer and fasting the Lord blessed me with a great spirit of prayer I spent hours a day in prayer hours a day studying the word I was at a place in my life that I had the opportunity to do that, and I spent days in fasting, hours in prayer, hours in studying the Word. I was very uh, hungry for the working of the Spirit of God in my life, and I, I tell people, uh, have you ever gone a long time, maybe go all day, or, or, or 10, 12, 14, you may even fast a day, and when uh, you get hungry, it's like that hunger just consumes you. And you can't eat fast enough or seem like there for the first few minutes to get enough to eat. That is the way I was spiritually. That is what I was feeling spiritually. I was so hungry. I read the Bible. I studied the Word diligently, searched out Scriptures, prayed, went to services, listened 
to all kind of tapes and 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 listen to the radio, uh, you know, uh, of all kind of different preaching. And this is where the Spirit of God began to teach me right from wrong. I would be listening to a tape, and this will show you how far back it goes. This was right after cassette tapes come out, and I would be listening uh, to a cassette tape. And the Lord would tell me, that's not truth. Don't listen to it. I would turn the tape off and, and dispose of it. I would be listening to the radio, looking for this something to feed this longing in my soul and in my spirit. And uh I would listen and the Spirit would tell me, that's right, listen to that or that's wrong. If it was wrong, I would turn it off. And not go back to that minister again. I would go to churches and sit in the back. I didn't know anything about doctrine. When I come to the Lord at 19, I knew two things. And that is Jesus saved and Jesus healed. I had been raised in church all my life. I knew about faith. I knew about miracles, healing, deliverance. I had seen miracles all my life. I knew my mom and dad to be people of prayer and fasting and seeking God. I was raised in a home where prayer was present, where people prayed and sought God. If we got sick as children, mama and daddy laid hands on us, anointed us all, prayed the prayer of faith. If if they didn't get the answer, they would call for some of the people of the church to come and they would pray until the healing presence of God come down. If we were healed of measles, mumps, chicken pox, I've seen rope bones, severe burns healed. I've seen God reveal His self in our home in such a great and a mighty way. And people do not have that today. You know, I keep seeing all these posts of people wanting to get prayer back in school. And I uh, have no problem with that, but why don't you labor to get prayer back in your home? Why don't you labor to get the hand of God back in your home and the presence of God in prayer? And quit feeding your kids on all these cartoons and magic and all this garbage that you feed them on day in and day out. And then when they get old enough to come to the Lord and all they've had is magic and all the uh, theology and philosophy of this world. The enemy is working through cartoons. He's working through kid shows uh, to bring rebellion and disobedience and doctrines of devils uh, into your life and into your home. It's no wonder uh, that we have so many divided homes. It's no wonder that divorce uh, is more than 50% in our nation. Uh, it's the rebellion that's sown in people's hearts. Uh, it's the dissatisfaction Action is the lust of the flesh. All people are taught uh, to seek after is material gain. Things, 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 things. Uh, material possession and things and riches and wealth uh, will not satisfy the longing in your soul. Uh, will not satisfy that emptiness uh, in your soul that needs the working uh, of the Spirit of God. Uh, that needs God to reveal Himself in you and you learn uh, a daily relationship in prayer and study of the Word and then you grow uh, and you come to an intimacy and a communion uh, with God and that's what Adam and Eve had in the beginning. Uh, That's what they turned from. God knew where Adam was physically when he stepped into that garden and called him. 
It wasn't where was Adam physically. God knew he had fallen from that place spiritually he had put him in. So it's time to get back. It's time to get back to that relationship. It's time to get back to prayer. It's time to get back to study. It's time to get back to teaching the Word of God in our homes. And yes, I'm all for prayer in public. I'm all for prayer in school. I was raised with it. But that is not what forms your kid's relationship with God. The Bible plainly teaches us. You raise up a child in the way that it should go. You raise it up in the way that it should go. And when it was old and when it is old, it will not depart from it. There are six siblings in my family. I've got four sisters and a brother. Myself make six. All are still living. My mother, 94 years old, bless her soul, raised six children. And she taught every one of us the Word of God. She taught us prayer. She taught us the things of God. They taught us integrity. They taught us honesty. They taught us decency. They taught us how to uh, accept everybody for what they are. No racism, no bigotry, no division, no looking down on people from where they come from, no matter other religions, no matter what they believed. We did not talk about preachers or other religions. We respected people's faith and walk with God. You don't have that today. There's a force of hell in this nation trying to divide it and destroy this nation because this nation was raised up to send forth the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. And we've got to get our nation back. But it's not coming back through prayer in the school. It's not coming back through uh, prayer in the churches. It is coming back through prayer in the home because the home has to be in order. If the home is in order, the church is in order. If the home is out of order, the church is out of order. You look at it any way you want to. It doesn't matter what happens in church. If you leave church and come back to your home, your home has got to be in order. There's got to be a Spirit of God, a presence of God. There's got to be teaching. There's got to be the very... Word of God. That's the reason in Deuteronomy the Lord talked about to write His Word everywhere. Write it on the doorpost of thy house. Let it be the last thing you talk about of an evening and you first thing you talk about of a morning. But we don't do this. We've got so involved in the things of this world and we've got our kids caught up in being athletes and movie stars and entertainers. And it's costing us. It's time to get back to God. It's time to get back to God. And I will see if I can continue uh, this service on what I was talking about uh, next week. I thank you for tuning in. Uh, and I see that our time is about gone. And I really want to encourage you. I need as many of you as will. Uh, if you just send us an offering of $10 a month. If there was a hundred of you out there that during the course of a month you would send us ten dollars to help keep this broadcast on the air and help our missionary work as we launch into Africa. Now we're uh, looking at the Philippines and, and trying to make some contacts in India to get this gospel preached live stream uh, 
over the air where people can see and hear. And we're laboring for this. We still need uh, equipment. But I need those of you take this burden off us of this broadcast. Maybe there's some of you out there that has a business. You want to uh, send this gospel uh, with an offering every month. Or you might want to sponsor a broadcast uh, once a month. We, are, we You know, we're on every Sunday, maybe one broadcast. Maybe three or four of you could contact us and let us know that you're going to take uh, one of the broadcasts. But... Uh, Go to our website, that is M-A-N-S-E-N-T-F-R-O-M-G-O-D dot O-R-G. Mansentfromgod dot O-R-G. You will find uh, our email address there. You will find our mailing address there. Uh, please contact us. Support this. I think there is a place on the website to support by PayPal or debit card, and we thank you for listening, and may God bless you is our prayer. We look forward to seeing you again next week at the same time.